Small Biz Stories is brought to you by Constant Contact. Constant Contact is committed to helping small businesses and nonprofits connect to new and existing customers with email marketing. You can be a marketer. All it takes is Constant Contact. Find out more at constantcontact.com. But here's the thing. If you're waiting for someone to give you some kind of approval, uh, you're way behind the curve. And, um, you know, I can't always say that I've been the most successful person that there is, you know, but I can say that I, that I've learned a few things about how to not quit. That's Tracy Brown, body language expert, keynote speaker, and former champion athlete who knows if you don't play, you can't win. Welcome back to small biz stories. This season, we're back with businesses from a pay what you can restaurant to a capital raising consulting firm to find out how they turn their dreams into reality. Today, Tracy shares how her unlikely path led her to a product deal with Shark Tank's Kevin Harrington, and how a winning mindset can propel you to victory, even in the face of setbacks. More than 50% of small businesses fail within the first five years. These are the stories of those who beat the odds. My name is Dave Charest, and I'll be your host as we share the stories of some of the bravest people you'll ever meet, small business owners. You'll hear how they got started, their biggest challenges, and their dreams for the future. Have you ever met someone unstoppable? Someone with so much drive and energy the room can hardly contain it? Sitting in Tracy's home in Boulder, Colorado, her energy and confidence is tangible, which explains how she can command a keynote stage and work a packed room. Listen as she shares her unexpected journey from winning athlete to body language and persuasion expert. It's funny how one really, you know, life kind of unfolds um, if you just follow it. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. and I, I raced bikes for, gosh, 12, 14 years. Yeah. And I got pretty good at it. I won uh, three national championships in college yeah. and I rode for Team USA. And um, and through that time, I, I knew one thing about myself that I, that I was the wrong size to be a cyclist. I was too tall. Strength to weight ratio wasn't wasn't there for me. Uh, but I knew that I could outsmart my competition if I watched them really closely and started to anticipate what they were going to do. That gave me the information that I needed to um, to to raise my game and beat them on certain days. And a few days when it counted, it it was it was nice. Um, but through that, I started to learn, wait a minute. Okay. So the same things that I'm looking for in, in, in bike racing to get ahead, what if I applied that to, to business and, um, and you know, the tells are different, <laughs> but, um, I, I was able to start to, like, like, like I, I wanted that same level of knowledge as to who was across from me and what were they likely thinking and what were they about to do next? Tracy. Obsessed with understanding how to persuade and influence people, became certified in neuro-linguistic programming, which is the practice of understanding how people organize their thinking, feeling, language, and behavior to produce the results that they do. The practice teaches body language, persuasion, and how to create deep unconscious rapport. Tracy started to find that she had a strong grasp on using these tools outside of the clinical setting. And so... There was a time right about 2008 that I, I decided, okay, it's time to speak, right? I really, I want to be a, a you know, keynote speaker, professional speaker. And uh, the problem is right about then the, the 
recession hit and everybody canceled their conferences, which is not, that's what you need to be a speaker is a conference to go and, and speak at or a meeting. And, and I was, I thought I'd be the retired athlete who spoke to corporate America and pumped them up. Well, I, it was hard to sell. It wasn't an easy sell. Um, it's, it's not always done very well. And, and I think it's a little bit overdone. Mm-hmm. And, and so I was having a hard time booking in the, in the few bookings that I did have canceled, uh, in like the first week of January, 2009, like everything canceled. And I said, okay, I need to get in front of as many people as I can get in front of. I don't care if they pay me. It was just like a little deal I made with myself. And right about then my phone rang and it was a client of mine. And he said, Hey, I know, you know, this body language stuff. And, and I said, and this is a quote, I said, who cares? And, and he said, no, people care now. I'm like, keep talking. And, and he said, look, I'm the new executive director of the Colorado Defense Lawyers Association. Money for focus groups uh, to try out arguments on juries has just dried up. Lawyers need to pick and persuade a jury on the fly. I know you know how to do that. Put together a program and come in. I'll see you in three weeks. And I went, well, nothing else is on my schedule. I might as well go. And it went so well that I said, huh, maybe I have something here. And so whenever I'd be talking to someone about um, maybe speaking to their group, I'd say, well, I have this great Inside the Championship Mind program. It is phenomenal. You'll be able to do anything uh, when you're done. Or I have this body language program. And everyone went, body language? And I said, yeah, like, I'll teach you how to persuade and influence using your own body language. And and I, it got to the point I couldn't talk anyone out of it, and and I just ran with it because it was it was really a lesson in listening to what the market wants from you, um, yeah. and and I still continue to do that and, and to make little shifts in in what I do to better reach the audience to niche a little tighter and and make the bigger feet. Shifting her focus to body language meant that Tracy had a whole new industry to understand. Her first step was to learn how she could get in front of the right people and build her audience. You know, it was it was a slow progression over time because I still didn't know what the market would yeah. would bear. I still didn't know much about the speaking industry because there's a whole I mean, there's a whole industry and it's called the meetings industry and you and it's not something that's in your face. Uh, but if you start to look, you go, wait a minute, there are conferences every day all over the place. And so I had to figure out who was going to want me. And, and over time, I just started to um, figure out, okay, salespeople are going to like this and um, maybe customer service. Now, the salespeople have, have bitten harder than the customer service people, right? Mm-hmm. And that's something that I learned. Um, and, and I've worked a lot with um, the wedding industry because weddings are very high touch. It's probably the highest uh, level of emotion a sale is going to uh, happen with. And, and, and even you start to niche within that, you know, people say, oh, you know, the rich is where the niche is or what, and it's true, right? But I think you have to naturally find that niche. It, you can't just decide it for yourself, at least for me, that's not how it's, it's been. And so what has happened is I started out working with, uh, well, pretty much anyone in the, in the wedding industry. So, so who's in the wedding industry? You got a lot of venues, uh, cake makers, flower people. Um, but then you got the you got the bridal salons, right? And that the high end bridal bridal salons have started to hire me to bring me in, so that not only am I teaching them how to deeply connect with the bride, but here's the thing: nobody ever 
buys a wedding dress alone. Mm. Never. And so I teach them how to read the whole group, bring the group together into one to make one decision. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and you can do that all through body language. And obviously, you got to open your mouth at some point. So I have, <laughs> I have um, <clears throat> a whole um, uh, unit on on words and persuasive languaging, and, and again, it goes with profiling people. Um, so wedding industry. I've worked with car salespeople. I've worked with auto body paint refinish people. Um, the apartment industry. I work a lot in the apartment industry. And in a new niche that I'm going into, which I think is going to be really big, is um, for my lie detection segment, because I do teach how to read body language, and there's a certain body language that goes with lying, is banking and, and finance type folks and uh, detecting fraud. And, and that can be a pretty expensive problem. Sure. Yeah. And so that's a, that's a new thing, but it seems to be going pretty well. So, anyway, so, so those are some of the niches I work in. I never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, and, and I just, I just roll with it and, yeah. and see, see where it leads me. As Tracy's business picked up steam, she increased her reach to land larger clients and opportunities. But there's one opportunity that stands above the rest. Listen as Tracy describes the play-by-play that led to a product deal with Kevin Harrington, an original shark from ABC's hit show Shark Tank. So I got selected to, to pitch... Uh, to the Sharks. They brought the Sharks mm-hmm. to the National Speakers Association Conference. So I did not get on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, there were four of us that got selected, and we were on the main stage. So I pitched. How did you get selected? Like oh, I sent in a little video. Oh, I okay. li- And literally, it's just chance, right? Because for one, I'm an addict of the show. Total addict. Yeah. I've been down. I've tried out for the real show. Yeah. They took my stuff back to Hollywood, didn't make it. I saw a little note that came out. Hey, you have till midnight to send in a video mm-hmm. uh, to to apply to pitch to the Sharks. And I was like, and it was one of those days where I'm like, should I quit? You know, it literally was one of those days. And and I was like, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I'll make a video. And and so I did. And and I got um I got selected. And it was it's funny. It's one of those things like the guy who who called me, who was in charge of it, I and I know him and he's a big deal guy. I thought he was calling me to get someone else's phone number or something. Like I, I was like, why are you calling me? And uh, he's like, No, you're you're on the short list. Yeah. And so anyway, I had three weeks to go from really nothing to a, to a full pitch in front of 2,000 people of my peers who are all professional speakers. And, and so, no pressure, right? yeah, no pressure, no <laughs> pressure. Like it would have been easier to be on TV because then I couldn't have seen everybody. And and so I... um. It, well, and, and, and it's 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 funny because when you when you're operating at that level, just so far outside of your comfort zone, people start calling you to help you. People start calling, and they're attracted to that energy because they're not willing to put it out themselves. Mm-hmm. And and one of the people that called, well, I had several people call me, but but five in particular uh, gave me some good advice, and that is that you know here's what you got to do: write and practice and practice and practice, practice more than you think you could ever need to practice. So you're sick of it before you get up there. But she goes, you gotta practice the right thing. So send out a note to this, the top people in our chapter, ask for an hour of their time, they'll meet you at your house, and to tear you up. Mm-hmm. Just tear everything up. And literally, the script that I had, they took it and they went and ripped it right into, they're like, this will not work at all. And we rewrote it. Um, one of the people who, um, volunteered to help was Carolyn Strauss. She used to have a show on the Home Shopping Network herself uh, for like 18 years. 
really great wordsmith. And, um, and anyway, we, we came up with a killer pitch, killer, killer, killer. And I went out on, like I practiced, you know, went out on stage, nailed it. And I'm the only one that got a deal. And I got a deal with Kevin Harrington. He's the, uh, he was on season one of Shark Tank mm -hmm. and he's a guest shark. Sometimes I think he's the inventor of the infomercial. So he is, uh, the Ginsu knife guy, the uh, food saver, uh, the Tony Little's ab isolator, and also the wax vac, like the earwax vac. Have you seen those? Yeah. And and I was like, he's the guy that I that I wanted. And I used every tool that I have, every persuasion tool. Like I profiled him, and um, and I got him on the hook before he swam away. So you also mentioned kind of some tools that you used mm -hmm. in terms of uh, you know with getting a shark that you wanted to get. Like, oh, yeah. What were some of the things that you did? Oh, so I had to, I, I profiled him. Mm -hmm. And because that's one of the things I teach is how to profile people, start to understand what they're likely thinking and then what's going to happen next. And so I knew he was a really visual guy, which means, and I knew that by his picture because he was the one I knew the least about um, because there's just not a lot of information on him out there. And so I, um, I said, okay, let's look at this picture. Well, for one, uh, he's got a flat top. He's uh, um, always wears a big watch. He always looks really put together. And from what I could see on TV, like he speaks quick, he thinks quick, like he's three steps ahead of whatever's coming out of your mouth. So I knew I'd have one sentence to get him on the hook. And so this is what I said. I, I walked out on stage and I said, hi, sharks. I got one question for you. What do Lance Armstrong, Chris Christie, and Vladimir Putin have in common? They have me in common. I've been asked to interpret their body language on NBC, CBS, and Fox to tell the world what they're not saying. And I could do that for you too. And I think I will right now. And then and the audience went crazy. I had them where I wanted them. The yeah. sharks got nervous. I did a tiny little body language profile on all of yeah. them. But what had happened is the night before, uh, I had sat behind him in a uh, at a show that he didn't know me, but I knew it was him. And and I had I watched his reactions. It was a comedy singing impersonation thing. And and this guy that was doing the show. He did all of them, uh, journey, um, the Beatles, even the chipmunks, right? All of them. And, and I watched him and when he, um, got to the Stevie wonder part, <laughs> I could see, uh, Kevin, he went really still. He's a fidgety guy. And he went, he went really still. I'm like, Oh, this is what he does when he likes things. He gets really still. Mm -hmm. And so in his, interpretation that I did on stage. Remember, I had him right there in the palm of my hand, nervous. I said, Kevin, I sat behind you last night at the show. And I said, I noticed you're a really fidgety guy. But when you see something you like, you get really still. So I know you like the Stevie Wonder segment the best. He did a big smile. The audience again uh, had him. And um, and, and that, was, that was it. I could have yeah. said anything and I would have had him, right? I did not know what was in store <laughs> uh, after that. Now, I did not get the financial um, investment, but it's kind of good. Right. I don't want to sell my company. It's not really something right. that's investable because uh, really it's more of a practice, like when you take it apart. Yeah. Um, but he said, here's what I'll do. I, I like your products because I had two books and a DVD kit. And he said, um, I'm going to pitch these to home shopping. Uh, 
mm-hmm. home shopping channels. There's three of them. When they do, I'll fund your inventory. We'll split the profits 50-50. So I said, okay, that's cool. Well, Monday morning, the phone rang. It was, it was Kevin. And he was like, okay, I need you to redevelop your products. And it just, I mean, this is code. Like redevelop is a code word. That means throw out what you have and start over. <laughs> and and so he said, develop three DVDs, two CDs, uh, put your two books into one book and whatever else you want in the kit, take your time, do it right, call me when you're done. It, like no guidance, it, except one thing. He said, make it for the home shopping market, 70% women. Solve tiny problems. Mm. That's it. And I was like, okay. Okay, that's it. Like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is going to be a lot of time, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of money sure. and um, no, no guarantee of success. And and so the like when when you're faced with something like that, the question is, are you willing to do it or not? Like, are you going to jump and take the leap and gamble on yourself or is everything OK how it is? Right. Because there's a small, uh, you know, really small chance of success. But I was like, you know what? I can't let this go. Like, I believed in myself and what I can do for people. And so it took me six months and I developed this really cool kit. I mean, it looks fantastic. And um, we took it to home shopping and really all the home shopping channels. And that's that's kind of a long, longer story. But they said no. They said no, all of them. And so. I went back to Kevin and I said, what else you got? I know you know more people. And and he said, make me an infomercial. And so I did. And I didn't know how to make an infomercial. Yeah. He said, I'll make you one for $20,000. I'm like, please. Like, that's not going to be one of the things that <laughs> is, is an option. And so I said, send me one that's really worked for you. Mm-hmm. And he sent me the WaxVac um, infomercial. And I... I storyboarded it all out so I knew exactly like the formula. Um, is it, well, you gotta have, you gotta, have, here's the formula for, and this works for anybody in sales. You gotta have an authoritative uh, male voiceover. Mm-hmm. You gotta show amazing transformation and you gotta ask for the sale three times. Wow. That's it, right? And so I scripted <laughs> and, and produced an infomercial for, I think it cost me $2,000 instead of $20,000. And we tested it and it failed. (laughs) (laughs) But you had the three things. Yeah, I had the three things now, but here's the thing, 98% of infomercials fail. So I, I knew that there was a high chance of it, but I also knew if you don't play, you can't win. Right. You know, and, and so I was like, let's, this is going to land me somewhere. And so, um, I, it turns out you gotta, you gotta look for where people want to buy from you, right? You gotta look for your marketing channel. And mine is at the back of the room. When I speak a, a two minute infomercial, isn't really going to do it. Right. Um, it turned, I have a whole keynote about this, uh, experience with the shark and everything I've learned. Cause there's a, I mean, literally, I could talk for two or three hours on everything I sure. I learned from it. Um, and I may make most of my money from the project from from this keynote yeah. because it's like everything to do, everything not to do. And, hey, this is how I found success. And it turns out it's kind of funny because it turns out success is right where I was. And, you know, I may not ever sell millions of them, but I'll tell you what, I sold piles and piles mm-hmm. of them. And, and I've started to figure out, OK, so I have this one product. It's got 
40 little videos and some books and ebooks. And like I even teach people how to talk their way out of traffic tickets and things like that. What, what I started to do is pre-sell that when I go into conferences and I put it on a membership website. So I don't have to lug around all the, you know, DVDs and books and things like that. And, and so it's, it's kind of cool. Like it's, it's coming together. It's not as big as, as what I wanted, but I really am like this, the whole experience of the last two years made me raise my game. It forced me into it. And, and that's, what's put me in that zone where I can charge for the big dollar keynotes, whether it's about the shark experience or not, because it forced me there. And so if nothing else, like it's, it's, it's been a huge success just because of that. Mm -hmm. And so I think with anything you go into, you never know how success is gonna come, but you gotta be committed to making it a success and then more success will <laughs> roll in from that. Listening to Tracy's Shark Tank story, I'm reminded that success is a daily mindset, not an endpoint. Where many see setback, Tracy reframes into opportunity. Her commitment to her craft means Tracy is constantly improving to get better results. This business is about networking and, and it's about hustle. So it's about who do you know, who are you willing to get to know? But here's the thing, the, we're going to get to that in a minute. The best marketing is when I'm on stage and someone goes, that was great. And if I don't have two or three people coming up to me saying, oh, hey, do you speak? Could you speak to this group? Could you speak to? Yeah, I can probably speak to that group. Right. Um, then I know if that's not happening, I need to get I need to something went wrong. You know, I need to uh, tune up my speech uh, somehow. Right. Mm -hmm. So so that's number one. Uh, number two is just is outreach. I do a lot of outreach. Um and I will research associations that in an industry right now. Like I said, I'm really targeting banking and finance and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, great. Do you want to decrease fraud in your financial institution? Well, yeah, probably they do. Right. So, so I'm, I'm the answer. So working on that and, uh, and again, but I got to send out marketing materials, right? So I got to make sure not only does my website look great, not only do, does my video or my videos look great, but then, uh, what about my one page write up? Like if I send them a PDF, does it look awesome? Like, does it look amazing? Well, yeah, you know, and, and I just upgraded, I spent the money and upgraded those again this year and things like that. So what do you do to stay connected with these people that you meet? Um, well, I use constant contact. Have you heard of it? <laughs> I, we have heard of that, <laughs> <laughs> No, I do. Every um, first of the month, yeah. I um, I write a little story. And about something persuasion, body language related, something that I learned. And then I relate it back to the client. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's just a story with learning. Uh, and I put some quotes in there um, on the side. I mean, people can go to my website if you want. You can go bodylanguagetrainer.com mm -hmm. and, um, and sign up and see what I'm doing with my with my newsletters. Uh, but a note on that, you got to bait people mm -hmm. into wanting your newsletter, right? So I'll send you a free report on how to detect lies using body language because yeah. everybody kind of wants to know that and so i will yeah quotes story little like making it relevant and then sometimes at the bottom i'll 
I'll either put a free video like that I have, yeah. or I'll sell a book. Like if I have a new product or if I have a, if a friend with a new book coming out, I'll put that down in there. So, so I'll make a little money mm-hmm. um, from time to time. And, and it's, uh, it's proved super valuable. I like to have that, to have that list because with the shark project, the thing I didn't tell you is that he, when we got the first no from one of the shopping channels, he said, okay, look, make your book a bestseller on Amazon before we go to any more shopping channels because we don't want to get the same answer from them. Well, guess what? I had this list and I had people that love me on the list. And so I just told them, help me out. I need this to be a bestseller on Amazon. And, uh, and I got, I think 40 friends that I knew who wanted to help me to wrote a killer little reason why people needed to buy this book. I sold so many books. I almost couldn't handle it. Oh, and it was just me in my office trying to like scribble out addresses like on, the, <laughs> on, the, on uh, and send out all these all these books like several hundred sales. But that's through cultivating that list. I mean, you never know when you're going to need it, right? And right. you never know who's forwarding it to who. Email marketing is the cheapest thing you can do if you do it right and you make it compelling. If you don't, it's totally a waste, right? And if you don't do it, it's totally a waste. So. The key is to do it and be consistent and deliver stuff that people are looking forward to, right? Yeah. And and that's and that's what I do. So you know, consistency is one of the things that we talk about a lot. Tell us a little bit about in your mind why that is so important. Well, because pe- people need to know you haven't gone away. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of noise, and. Um, and, and you want to stay in touch with those people and continue to add value to maybe a talk that they heard two years ago, right? Two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. But also I want to hear back from them because I've, I've heard back from people and, and they'll say, you know what? You told that story three years ago at this talk. I'm like, I don't, I don't even tell that story anymore. Maybe I should get it back out because I'm just hearing about it now that it, that it popped in your mind and it affected you, you know? So, um, the the thing is, it's it, it's easy to go in and speak and leave. It's another thing to actually have a commitment to creating lasting change with people, mm-hmm. and that's uh, that's my commitment to myself. And uh, and the email marketing is the easiest way to do that. I don't think I'm alone when I say that I find Tracy's commitment and drive to be an enviable trait. I asked Tracy about the biggest motivators and learnings that inspire her to keep going. The thing that keeps me going is. Um, well, you gotta ha- you gotta have fun. You gotta make money, and you gotta love what you do. Those are my those are my values. And so, when one of those like fades away, then it's har- it's harder to keep going. So I gotta I gotta tune in with myself and go, okay, which one of these do I need to start to shift? Right? With, like, am I working in an industry that's maybe not my favorite, you know, but is paying the bills? So I need to do this right now. And uh, and, and so, so I'm always looking at, at that and going, okay, what balance am I, am I in? And those days that you want to quit, I guarantee you two out of the three of them aren't, <laughs> aren't firing, right? What would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned? Like in, <laughs> in business, it's the same as sports. It's about how bad you want it. You know, it's about how bad do you want it? And that's, Really, what are you willing to do? There's, there's not a lack of resources. There's always a way, right? Um, that what, if, if you don't have what you need, there's a lack of uh, resources. 
possibly, but more than that, it's a lack of creativity. And so when you can understand that, things get a lot easier. Yeah. Things get a lot easier because you have to get more creative and you have to learn how to outdo people and do more with less. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, I think that's the key. After speaking with Tracy, I'm struck by how much owning a small business can feel like a cutthroat competition. Some days you may feel like an underdog, like none of the odds are in your favor. And those are the days when it's worth coming back to Tracy's words and asking yourself, how bad do you want it? I'll leave you with Tracy's best advice for someone thinking about starting a business of their own. The one piece of advice. Don't quit and don't be afraid to flex. Don't be afraid to to pivot and and know that you know success is right there and you you have to find you have to find the formula crack crack your own code that's that's the key we appreciate you listening and would love to hear what you think of the show your feedback is important to us so please go to itunes or stitcher right now and leave us a review small biz stories is produced by myself and miranda pocket with editing by 24 sound you can contact us at podcast at constantcontact.com. Small Biz Stories is brought to you by Constant Contact. Constant Contact is committed to helping small businesses and nonprofits connect to new and existing customers with email marketing. You can be a marketer. All it takes is Constant Contact. Find out more at constantcontact.com. Constant Contact.